Love Talk Radio. God bless you. You're listening to the Fivefold Ministry broadcast. We want you to sit back, relax, and enjoy the worship. God bless you. Amen. Love Talk Radio. I have some good days. I have some hills to climb. Got up, but it shocked me. And he 
many people have been in church all the year and didn't know Jesus as their Savior. It's bad to go to hell in the church. Please excuse me. Don't mean to be mean with just getting started out tonight, but it's got to be blood. It's bad to go to go 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 to eternal judgment to be lost in the church. You know, sitting on a church pool, sitting in the choir, sitting in the pulpit, on the usher board, the mother board, the trustee board. I did hear God say, depart from me. I know you're not, for your work is iniquity. And Jesus told the side of the Pharisees when he was uh, teaching it today, he said, many going to say, Lord, Lord. And he said, I'm going to say, I don't know you. Depart from me, because your work was in iniquity. Now, understand what he said. Uh, he didn't say because you committed adultery. He didn't say because you drank liquor or smoked dope. He said, I never knew you. That means they ain't never been born again. Because the scripture tells us plain the day that God married to the backslider. Even if you backslider, you've been saved, and you were you saved with the backslider. The Bible said God is married to you. But these people, he said, he said, I don't even know you. Your work was in iniquity. You ain't never get saved. Said, yeah, yeah, you did what you did. You prophesied. You, you held a position in the church, and you were the president of the choir, the usher board, and, and the motherboard, and the deacon board. You were the ruling elder. You were an apostle according to your name, but you never let me convert you. Your soul was never saved. You were never born again. You never let me give you a new nature. You kept the nature that you had. And for that reason, depart from me. I don't know. He didn't say, he didn't say, I used to know you. He said, I ain't never know you. That's bad when somebody tell you he ain't never knew you. You don't been sitting in the church all the time, every Sunday, 52 Sunday in a year, and God don't know you. That sounded bad for God had to say. But he said, I don't know you for your words. And then in other words, when, you have, when you're not born again, when you're not saved, when you don't make Jesus Christ Lord of your life, I know it, I know it sounds bad. You sing in the choir, you sing like a hummingbird, and when you sing, people fall all out in the spirit. Uh-huh, and then they get all anointed and get all saved and sanctified. Do you not know you do you not know others can get saved by your life, the things you do in the spiritual realm, and you be lost? Hmm? Yeah, you'll you'll be lost, but your gift will be saved. Because your gift didn't come from you, your gift came from God. So God told him to part from me, I know you're not. For your work was in iniquity. All this time you were you were lost. All this time you were I said preachers and prophets and evangelists to the church. I, I, I all the time I, I sent you the Bible school, I sent you the Sunday school and then and then and then you sat there and did not get saved. Now if you know the example of a hog, and the Bible talks about a how a hog. If you wash a hog off and clean him up real good, put him on a five hundred dollar pair of shoes, put a uh, 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 a nice expensive rich watch, uh, Rolex on his on his leg, put a three piece suit on him, maybe fifteen hundred dollars, comb his hair real good and clean him all up and put him on the with some of the nicest perfume that he could wear and turn that hog loose. That hog ain't going somewhere and sit in a nice place to stay clean. That hog is going right back to the mud because, first of all, that hog doesn't understand why you're doing it to him in the first place because that's the nature of that hog for him to go back to the mud. And so I ain't mad at the hog. I'm mad at you because you wouldn't know no better. The hog know better. The hog went right back to where his nature took him, and that was back to the hog pen. And the Bible told us, be not like the hog that who was clean and went back to the mirror, or the dog that was that, 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 that threw up what he, he eat and then turned around and eat again. Yeah, that's unclean. That's very that's dirty. So the hog went back where his nature was, the 
because his nature was that of an all. So he did he did what his nature told him to do. And that's where it is in, in salvation. It's not enough to say you saved. You got to be born again. God got to give you a hey, I might repeat myself several times, but it's okay. Because, you know, I was looking at the highway the other day as I was going up and down the highway here in the country. It may not be doing it in the city because the city has a stoplight, but basically. But out here in the country, they're putting up like six stop signs now before you get to the stop sign. So it's impossible for you to run that stop sign when you're going to meet in a quarter of a mile. You're going to run it to six stop signs before you get to the stop sign because for the safety of the people. So, so because a lot of people get hurt at the crossroads, so the highway, highway, uh, patrol, highway, uh, the, the, the Department of Highway is putting up six stop signs, three on each side, before you get to the main stop sign, and, 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 and that's for the safety. And so if I repeat something over there, it's for your soul's salvation. Uh, yeah, 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 you must be born again. You can't think you've been born again. You must have a new nature. Jesus Christ must have come in you and saved you. You cannot have that old adamant nature that Adam gave you. you got to have that new nature that came through Christ Jesus. He told, so he told Nicodemus, you must be born again. And so it's sad to say in the church, on your way to judgment, Eternal damnation because you thought you were saved. I come by the I come by the encouraging this thing. Don't think you say know that you saved. If you have any question about your salvation, if you have any question about whether you've been born again, you need to get back on your knees. You need to go back to the altar. You need to ask God to forgive you for all your sin and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So I'm going to give a few scriptures now. I just want to lay a foundation before I got started. I feel the anointing coming in here now. And and, and I want you to understand that I'm here this afternoon to help somebody uh, uh, to search yourself, have an inventory yourself. Are you really saved, or have you been fooling somebody? Have you been putting on a front all this time, sitting in the church, in the choir, in the position in the church, and, and God going to say, depart from me, I don't even know you. I never, I, you, you never partake of my spirit. You never let me convert you. You never let me change you. But the Bible says, old things pass away. The whole all things. So come on, you still drinking. You tell me what I mean, drinking bad. You still smoke. You still doing the same thing you were doing before you got saved. It tells you that something ain't right because he gives you a new nature. Listen, take the old nature out. And in this new nature is salvation. In this new, in this new nature is do right power. The Bible says you don't even have a desire to sin no more. Because in the new nature, he gives you that desire not to sin. He takes out that old nature with desire to sin, and he gives you a new nature that desire not to sin. So you have no reason running around wanting to do wrong all the time because you have been given a new nature in Christ Jesus not to sin. Huh? And and, and, and you got to know that it's through Christ Jesus, not through Muhammad, not through Mary, Mother Jesus, and all these other different things they got going now. Telling you you've been born again if you got a sacred heart. Did Jesus say you come up any other way except through him? You like a thief and a robber. You like a thief and a robber, and no thief and no robber ain't gonna make it to the kingdom. Jesus said, I am the door to the sheep coat. If any man come up any other way other than me, uh he he, he come up the wrong way, he lost. In him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. What right is it with mighty will not move at all? Except we move to him. John 3 and 16 said, uh-huh, you can write this down. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoso never believed in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And see, nowadays people 
segregating this thing, making it look like that salvation is just for a selected group of people or a selected nation or just for the United States of America. It ain't for Russia. It ain't for Afghanistan. It ain't for China. It, it ain't for France. It ain't for Italy. I want you to know when Jesus died on the cross, he died for every person. He died for every nation. He died for every country. He died for every nationality. He died for every race. So when we preach this gospel, we got to preach it that way. To every country, every nation, every race, every nationality, every color. There is no prejudice in this. It ain't a white thing. It ain't a black thing. And we're making it so confusing. We make it look so bad for people trying to get saved because we confuse ourselves. We got it all in the picture of black Jesus. Then we got a white Jesus. Then we got a Jewish Jesus. And the scripture said, make no images of the Lord. You won't there when he was back here. You only know what folks told you. You don't know what Jesus looked like. The scripture said, make no images of him. Oh, they say he had wool and that. He had wool like wool and all that. I have served notice. I said we was not here. With all that, because, and it doesn't matter, because this, this thing is in the spirit. This thing ain't about the outward appearance, whether or not. But the scripture told he was a Jew, and we know what a Jew is. We know the complexion of a Jew. We know the nationality of Jews. We know the nature of Jews. And we know good and well that we ain't no Jew. So we need to quit fighting over there. I, I ain't no basketball player. They ain't me putting on the uniform. That's why we need to stay in our lane, because we try to do something to put up a front to somebody else. And we got a nerve to say, well, you know, God sees everybody the same, and we all white in his eyes. We are not all white in God's eyes. And we need to quit telling that story, people, because if you black, you black, you white, you white. If you're a Japanese, you're a Japanese. If you're a Chinese, you're a Chinese. And that's what you are in God's eyes. Yet we're not all the same color in God's eyes. Why do you think God made a different color, a different now? Now they're going to sit there looking at us like we're the same color. And we say things and we back and we stand on it. No, 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 no. God knows what color we are, but he loves us all the same. He has no respect to the person. No matter what color, what race we are, he loves us all the same. Isn't that nice he so loved the world? He has no respect to the person. It don't matter who you are. It don't matter what you've done. God still loves you that he gave you only son, and he didn't do it after you got saved. He did it before you got saved. He laid down his life for everybody, every color, every nation, every nationality. I said I'll keep on repeating myself. I want you to understand. Don't let nobody make you feel bad that your race or my race, it ain't, it ain't none of our race. This thing is about Jesus Christ and him being crucified. He died on the cross that every man, woman, boy, and girl, might have a right to the true life. Let's go to Acts 4 and 12. Oh, this is getting good to me. Acts 4 and 12. Uh, 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 if you guys, I'm going to be reading it while you're trying to find it. Acts 4 and 12. We're talking about salvation tonight. I want to know, are you saved? Or are you just putting on a front? You're trying to fool somebody on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And on Monday morning, Lord don't know you. You know, he said, depart from me. I know you're not. Huh? If you change on Monday morning, you might need to check your salvation. So this thing will keep you on Monday. It'll keep you on Tuesday. It'll keep you on Wednesday. You know I've gone through the rest of the week if I want to. This thing will keep you all week long. That's just how powerful it was. Oh, this salvation that saved me will save you too. Ain't no difference in it. God has no respect to person. He's not slack on setting his promise. His grace is sufficient. I don't care what your hang-up is. Well, Pastor, I got a habit. God will break that habit, baby. He told Paul his grace was sufficient. That same grace that was sufficient for Paul is sufficient 
do is let it work. Let that grace work in you because it's powerful. Acts 4 and 12 said, Neither is there salvation any other, but there is none other name under heaven, even among men whereby we must be saved. Yeah, no other name. If you get saved under some other name, honey, you better check your salvation. Ain't no other name under heaven, but in Jesus Christ. No other name. I'm sorry. I don't know what they taught you when you were a little boy. I don't know what they taught you from your your school and the nation that you were in and, and, and the class you came out and your teacher didn't know what he was talking about. Only through Christ Jesus can you be saved. Thank God for Muhammad. Thank God for Buddha. Thank God for Mary. Y'all, listen, listen, listen. Please let me help somebody. Mary had the same responsibility as you had. We have. And that is to be an instrument in the hands of God. All Mary was was an instrument for God to use, a transportation center. That's what she was, a transport. So he could transport his Holy Spirit through Mary, and she'd be born out of her womb. That was the only job Mary had. After that, Mary just a simple, and you and me, she ain't to be worshipped, ain't to be hanging on red cross on your chest, falling on your knees. I'm a Mary, Mary, Mary. Baby, Mary ain't going to save you. Mary can't save you. Mary sent somebody who can save you. Mary had somebody who can save you. His name was Jesus. But other than that, Mary can't save you. I'm sorry. I don't mean to break your sacred heart, but I come to break your heart to let you know that you need to let that go and believe in Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God. Oh, I know somebody mad now, but that's all right. It's the truth anyhow. Only through Christ Jesus can we be saved. And we still run into the Pope. We still, oh, my God, look so long. Let me leave alone. We still run into the Pope. We still telling people, I've been there behind the curtain. Don't you know when Jesus died on the cross, he told us, he told us, he told the veil in twain. He said, you ain't got to go to the Pope no more. You ain't got to go to the Vatican no more. You ain't got to go behind the curtain no more. He said that he said, so you could come to him, to the holies of holies. No man, you, no more you got to ask anybody. Just ask somebody that. He said, I'll write my word in your heart and put it in your mind. When that veil told and twang, when Jesus died on the cross, the Holy Ghost reached out and told that veil, that veil and twang so that everybody can see behind the veil. You can go into the holy now. You can go behind the veil now. Oh, my, in the name of Jesus. Acts 16 to 31. Stay with me just a little bit. Oh, we better get on the freeway. And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Do you not know that you can believe on the Lord? And what happened is, husband, wife, mama, daddy, you got to first start believing in the house. And when you believe in the house, then the children start believing. Then the grandchildren start believing. Then the great-great-grandchildren start believing. And the Bible said until the fourth generation, you can save even the fourth generation if you only believe. Your children cannot believe in what you don't believe. Your children can't follow what you don't follow. Your children can't have what you don't give them. He said, train them up. Teach them the word. To the children and your children, children, to a fourth generation. Tell them Jesus Christ is Lord. Tell them that Jesus Christ is Lord. You ain't got to turn no flip. You ain't got to preach no powerful sermon. But set your children down and tell them that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory and honor of God. He's my redeemer. He's our sustainer. He's our hope in the time of despair. He just lifted up my head. He's my joy when I'm sad. Oh, he's my hope when I'm lost. Oh, somebody help me just a little bit. He's the food on my table and the clothes on my back. Oh, yes, he is. 
Oh, go with me to Second Timothy one and nine. Y'all trying to get some start this thing. Go with me to first Second Timothy one and nine. Second Timothy. Why are you trying to find it? This is what it says. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling? Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose. And grace which was given us in Christ Jesus. Before the world began. Oh my God. You mean to tell me, Pastor, this this, this happened yesterday? No. This thing happened before you was even born. Even before God created the world, God knew he was going to have to do this. The Bible says, even before the world begun, even before the devil messed up and did what he did, God already knew the devil was going to mess up. God already knew man was going to mess up. And even before the world was created, he had made a plan to send Christ Jesus to redeem us from the curse of the law. See, in Adam, when Adam sitting in the garden, Ooh, let me show that a little bit. This ain't getting good. But Adam sent it in the garden. He brought a curse on man. Man was not cursed. Man was free. Man had a, 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 was a free agent to, to go in God's presence in the afternoon. God would come and visit man in the afternoon, and, and God would fellowship with man, and man would fellowship with God, and him and God would have a good time. But the devil broke that fellowship because when Adam and Eve took of the God, took of the eat of the forbidden tree, oh, you know, they said, well, the apple, we ain't going to argue about what that was. But anyway, they took a fruit off the tree that was forbidden, the tree of life and death. He told them, don't touch that tree. And the day you touch the earth, you're going to die. So long story short, when Adam and Eve took off of that tree, they brought damnation in the garden. See, Adam and Eve were never meant to die. God created them to live forever. They're supposed to be living forever like a spirit, like angels. But after they sent it in the garden, they killed that. God stopped that. God brought that to now, and now death got to come. But because God told them to live forever, it took them almost forever to die. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Because God told them to live forever, it took almost forever. They were 900 some years old, so they died because God had told them to, to live forever. So God started something in the garden that the devil interfered. But even though the devil interfered with it, God is doing it again through Christ Jesus. God is bringing this thing back in a circle, back in a loop. He's bringing it back where it was in the beginning, that we can all go to heaven and like the garden, we can be with God, Jesus in heaven, and never die no more. So, his work was done even before you and I were born. Oh, Psalm 62 and 1, stay with me just a little bit. To the chief position, to Zuathiam, a song of David. Truly my soul waited upon God, from him cometh my salvation. I want to tell y'all, salvation comes from God. It don't come from your, your, your job. It don't come from your goody to life. Uh, the Bible says, by grace are we saved. Listen to this verse. I love this verse. Sit down. I can quote it all day. By grace are we saved. Listen to it. It's not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. It's not a work. Let any man to ball. What you talking about, Pastor? We are saved by grace. Unmarried. We don't deserve it. God just gave it to us. By God's grace. God un- his unmarried grace. And we undeserve and we uh, we don't deserve to be saved. We don't deserve to be born again. We don't deserve to have salvation. But God gave us to it through Christ Jesus. Undeserved grace was given to us. By grace are we saved. Now the writer says not if I said that means I didn't do nothing. There was nothing I did to do to, to save myself. So it's not in myself. It's a gift that God gave us. It's the gift of God. Wait a minute. Why the 
Paul say that? Because some think because they're so good, they ain't drink no liquor, they ain't smoke no dope, ain't committed no fornication, ain't, ain't committed no adultery, ain't chewed no back, ain't beat off no sticks. They think that they born again because they got a perfect record. But it's not a work, baby. It ain't on your word. I'm so I'm so, I'm, I'm so glad that you got a perfect life. I'm so glad you ain't made no mistake, but I still notice that ain't what saves you. It's not a word that you're eating, man. It's about. So you ain't got no business bosses because you didn't save yourself. I didn't save myself. I didn't get saved the way you got saved. You didn't get saved the way I got saved, but never let me save you. That's all that matters. Oh, let's go to Psalm 62 and 1. Uh, uh, go to Acts 2 and 21. Acts 2 and 21. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ain't that something? These verses are all talking about the same thing. Who's never called? Don't let nobody make you feel so bad that you can't call on the Lord. The Lord will say, you don't care what mistake. You may pass, I killed somebody. Uh, uh, pass, I did this. Pass, I did that. Pass, I feel so bad that I'm not worried to be saved. No, you ain't. You sure ain't. You sure told the truth. I ain't worried to be saved either, but I ain't going to argue with you about that. Ain't none of us worried to be saved. That's why he gave us grace. That's why he gave that unmarried grace. Ain't none of us worried to be saved. And God knew what you done. And what you did was bad, but that's all right. That grace will fire you. Right the way he told Paul, his grace is sufficient. It don't matter how low you are. It doesn't matter how bad you are. I was in prison. That grace found me. They had locked me up in prison. I'm going to throw away the key. I'm facing around 100 years. I don't know when I'm going to get out. Amen. And see, in prison, you just can't walk into prison without permission from the warden or the gate or the gate guard. Or the superintendent of the prison. Every prison have a superintendent. And you got to go to him before you even talk to him, the inmate in there. And he got to give him permission. But Jesus didn't go to none of them. He came to the wall. On a Sunday morning, came to the wall. Shake my soul. None of their business. Shake my soul right in their eyes. They couldn't lock Jesus up. Jesus didn't have to get no passport. He didn't get no permission. He came in and shake my soul and went back where he went. The Bible said we don't know which way he's coming, and we don't know where he goes, because he is the Spirit. He fell in there on Sunday morning. Don't you know that warden would have saw Jesus in there to say something? Don't you know the superintendent would have saw Jesus in messing with me to say something? But they didn't see Jesus messing with me. Didn't even know Jesus was talking to me. Didn't even know Jesus Jesus was converting me. They didn't even know Jesus was saving me, but he did. Oh, this is exciting. I love this. Verse Corinthians 6, 9 and 10. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators and adulterers and adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit. The kingdom of God, if you still doing the things you were doing before you got born again, you are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. I just come out and tell you, whatsoever you sow, there shall you reap. Huh? He that sow to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. He that sow to the spirit shall of the spirit reap everlasting life. Quit fooling yourself. Come on, if you ain't been truly born again, you know you still doing tipping and, 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 and yeah. Well, you know what you're doing. Behind closed doors, no one knows Close on behind closed doors. Don't let that song make you lose out and end up in hell. Because if somebody do know who what you're going on, for the eyes of the Lord go to and forth through all the earth, beholding the good and the evil. He see what I do. He see what you do. He see what all of us do. And he's going to judge us. The Bible said according to the word. So when he come back, he's going to have his reward with him. And he's going to judge us according to the word that's been done in our body. Ain't that something? So, 
I didn't say, well, you will make a mistake. I said, you know that your lifestyle is that of fornication. Your lifestyle is that of a dollar, sir. You, you're not only cheating on, on uh, with, with somebody you ain't married, but you're cheating on God. If you if you, if you with God on Sunday and the devil on Monday, you're committing adultery. You're an adulterer. You, you're loving God and the devil, too. And God said you can't love him and the devil, too. God on Sunday and the devil all week long at the club on, on Monday, Monday through Saturday. Hello? You're an effeminate person. Somebody told you it's okay. If you love him, you love her, she loves you. You love him, he loves you. Listen, y'all, please don't let this feminine spirit cause you to lose out. God destroyed the whole city because of homosexuality. God destroyed the whole city because of lesbianism, because of femininity. Uh, a masculinity. He destroyed the whole city because men were loving men and women were loving men. Paul said in the last day we're burning in flesh one to another. The woman will lose her desire to be with a man and the man will lose his desire to be with a woman and they want to be with one another. But Paul said this is an abomination and if God destroys Solomon and Gomorrah, can I share something with you? This is what God got to do. If God allowed it to go on now and he allowed men to love men and women to love women, then God got to go all back, way back to Solomon and Gomorrah and and, and and forgive them, take them out of hell and forgive them for sending them into hell for committing that sin. And God ain't fit to do that because God don't make no mistake. So I come out and tell you, if you caught up in this, by the grace, I love you. I'm not saying that the judge make you feel bad. I ain't trying to criticize you or nothing, but it's my job as an apostle. It's my job as an apostle to snatch your soul out of hell. And that's what I come to to know. That snatch, I don't care if I don't get but one of you. I want to get you all. But if I get one, I feel happy that I got one. Come out of that femininity. Get your act together, baby. Get rid of that, that unnatural sex that got you loving another man and loving another woman. And you, and you a woman loving another woman, a man loving another Get out of it. It's wrong. It's going to lead you into the structure. You can't go to heaven with that in you, baby. I don't care what nobody told you. I don't care how many churches they built in the past of gay and, uh, and the pastor got a natural spirit in him and, 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 the, and, and, and the churches likewise. They think it's okay. And they think somebody's judging them and somebody feel bad. They just talking about ain't nobody talking about you. We're trying to save your soul. We're trying to get you to heaven, baby. Let me lead her along going down to Rome and Tennessee. And so with the heart, man, believing in the righteousness, and with the mild confession they made in the salvation, Romans 10 and 10, listen, you cannot be saved until you first believe in your heart. you got to believe that Mary, that Jesus was born by the Virgin Mary. He suffered on a pilot. pallet. He was crucified, dead, and buried. On the third he wrote, day, he rose from the dead because of over the grave, death, and hell. He was going back to the Father for a place for us in the kingdom. He would come back and he promised to judge the world and deliver the righteous. Who helped me just a little bit. You got to believe that Jesus was born by the Virgin Mary, born without a man being involved. The Holy Ghost has impregnated her, and she got pregnant, and that's how Jesus was born. And you got to confess that with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and that God raised him from the dead, because they, you know, you know, they carried him in the judgment hall, they judged him, they carried him up on God's hill, and they killed him, they just crucified him, but he rose on the third day morning. The Bible says, if you believe that, you shall be saved. That's what salvation is just that simple. Except you just simply believe it. I, well, I, I, something else. No, you don't need to do nothing else. Why you want to make it so hard when it's so easy? All you got to do is call on the name of the Lord. But what I just told you to do, believe in your heart, confess in your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and that God raised him from the dead, die shall be saved. 
Oh, Titus, come here, Titus. Titus 2, 1, 2, 12. Titus 2, 1, 2, 12. Y'all say with me a little while. This is getting good. Titus 2, 1, 2, 12. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that the man ungodliness and worldly lust, we shall live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Baby, you can't call yourself a Christian and you still living ungodly. You still living worldly, lustly, drunk, righteously. Christ came to give us a, 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 not only a new nature, but a changed life. He comes he, he come to give you a better way of living, to take you out of the club. He said, come out from among them. You sit in the time of you've been born again over in that corner of that beer in your hand and that, and that alcohol in your hand and that and fit to go to the motel when you leave there. And you say you've been born and going to sing in the crowd on Sunday morning. He said, come out from among them and be ye separated, said the Lord, and touch not those unclean things. Oh, that's why the enemy didn't want this message out of known, but he wouldn't give it anyway. He said, come out from among them. Come out from the club. You've been born again now. Yes, it's okay if you went back two or three days after you first got saved, but you've been saved five years now. Why are you still at the club? <laughs> Come out from among them. It's okay. God understands that when we first bathe. The Bible says God weeps on those things. When we first say, when we first say, we fall, we make mistakes. Because baby's going to make mistakes before you start walking. But here you is. Here you is, apostle. Here you is, a, a prophet. Here you is, a evangelist. And, and, and still stopping by the motel. And it ain't because you were out of town preaching no revival either. You had to have a place to rest. Help me just a little bit. Huh? We, we, we deny these lustful, ungodly things. We're holy now. We're righteous things. we we got to show the world that somebody can't live right. The world can't let nobody live right no more because we're living wrong. But we got to let the world know we can live right. Titus 2, 11. Say, by grace we're saved. This ain't salvation. It came to bring us godliness to deliver us from worldly lust. So we can live sober. You can't live sober. You can't live righteous. You can't live godly. And when the world sees you living godly, they're going to come running. And what must I do to say, oh, Luke 19 and 10, help me just a little bit. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus came to save the lost, and he needs us to help him. Uh-huh. He needs us to let him use our gifts so we can help him. All we do is go to church and go back home. The, the church, the sinner can't come to church because we got a church filled up. We need to get over so the sinner can get it. Actually, can I tell you something? Don't need to make nobody mad, but the church ain't for us. No, it's church for the sinner. He said, came not for the righteous, but to bring sinners to repentance. But sinners can't come to repentance when all we do is have church all the time. We don't go in the highway. We don't go to the Bible. We don't go to the hedges. Only time we went in the hedges when we were on our way home, there was a hedges in our yard. But we got to go into the byways, highways, and hedges. And compel them. That uncle of yours, that aunt of yours, that cousin of yours, that niece of yours, that relatives of yours, that ten folks of yours, that maybe you call gay, but the Bible says it's an unnatural affection. You call them a legend, but the Bible says it's an unnatural affection. Go to them, hug them, embrace them, tell them you love them. you so righteous that it's scared. It's scared of God because of you, because you make God look like he's first. You make God look like he's invested, like that God like you make God to them like he don't want them, that they're they're unclean, they're they're nasty, they're dirty, they're un, unreachable. That's the way you make them feel and so that's why they don't come to God because you won't let the light so shine. God is a God of love. Didn't he love you? Didn't he save you? Didn't he forgive you? 
don't make you think he can't forgive them. He had no respect for a third person. He had no number in his own sin. Mm-hmm. Listen, Luke 19 and 10 says, For the Son of Man coming to sin. And it says that which if you lost, I come out and tell you, Jesus is looking for you. He want to save you. Why you keep hearing this about salvation and don't get saved? Why you keep turning the deaf ear? Why you keep, keep, keep putting it off for tomorrow? Why you keep saying no to God? When God been so good to you, when he woke you up this morning and started you on your way. Oh, let's go to Second Peter 3 and 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some meet flatness, but is long suffering to us with, not willing that any should perish, that it all to come repentance. See, that's why you feel alive and ain't saved. You that last verse I just read. The reason you feel alive and you ain't saved is because God is faithful. He loves you. He's gracious. He's long suffered. He don't want you to die in your sins. He knows if he take you right now, hell gonna be your home. And God don't want you to go to hell. God loves you so much he sent his son to die on the cross so you don't want to so you won't have to go to hell. And that's why he let you live, because he knows if you die now, you ain't right. Your your soul ain't right. And that he's long suffered. Don't think that he forgot. Don't think he don't know that you ain't living right. He knows every mistake you made. He knows every hurt on your head. How God don't know you ain't living right when every hurt on your head is numbered? And every spur falls to the ground, God knows about it. Help me just a little bit. God knows you ain't in the right place. God knows your life is messed up. Somebody said jacked up. Your God knows your life jacked up from the flow up. He knows you ain't living nothing, but he loves you. He's patient. He's long-suffering. It ain't that God after-minded. He's flat. He don't understand, yeah, you, I got God one on God. God don't know I ain't living right. Huh, you better quit letting that devil fool you. God know every mistake you make, every wrong you done. But he loves you so much that he won't give you another chance. Oh, I got to get another verse. I got to get another verse. Hey, this is good, y'all. I got to get another verse here. Luke 18 and 27. And he said, the thing which are impossible with men are impossible with God. I want you to know that you ain't no impossible creator. You ain't no impossible creation. You ain't no impossible creature that God can't save you. Ain't nothing that God can't do. I don't care how bound you up. I don't care how mess you up. You know, I, I, I would get saved, but, honey, if God, listen, if God saves you up, he'll clean you up. Did you hear what I say? If God saves you up, he'll clean you up. See, what I didn't know, nobody told me when I first got saved. I got saved two or three times before I really got saved because I didn't know no better. But I did not know that God not only wants to forgive you, the Bible said confess your faults. God is just and faithful to forgive you of all your sins. Then at the end of that verse, it cleanses you from all unrighteousness. See, when God cleanses you, you won't go back and do that no more. What we do is get saved and don't get cleansed. You got a lot of people got saved, but they didn't get cleansed. They got saved from the club, but they didn't get cleansed from the club. Hello. They got saved from alcohol, but they didn't get cleansed from alcohol. They got saved from fornication, but they still fornicate because they didn't get clean from fornication. Jesus come to cleanse you. He come to cleanse you. My job was to, when I was a little boy, my job was to, to take care of, I'd say home and care, take care of other kids. And why in those days, personally, you home taking care of kids. Some of them kids ought to be taking care of me. Bigger they were, but I was taking care of kids. And and, and, and my job was to wash, wash, wash the diapers. And keep back, though they had diapers, they didn't have pampers to throw away now. They had diapers, and those diapers were white. And since I always did a good job, my daddy loved the way I did the diapers. I washed them in cold water, the clean water, and them diapers be just a, Ooh, that'd be just a clean.
clean and pure white. My dad was just a black woman. But one day I took a shortcut. Because I was in the hearing, I waited till the last minute to wash the diapers anyway. I waited about the last hour that day, and then I went and, and washed those diapers. And, and, I, and I, did, I did it in the hearing. And my daddy looked out there and saw them brown spots in them diapers. Said, hello, they want white spirits like they're supposed to be before. And he called me and beat me because he said you didn't take your time. You didn't do your best. I somebody said somebody yard. Some of you out there ain't doing your best. You can do better than what you do. You you can do better in that walk with the Lord. You just you just you just live in slack because you want to. Because God is forgiving. He forgives you. He's grace is sufficient. And you taking advantage of God's grace. I come out of tell you, but don't take advantage of God's grace like that. Come on and be real. Come on and surrender. Come on, give all God your all at all. Is that all right? Give him all. Try to read another verse. Mark sixteen sixteen. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believe it not shall be damned. Do you not know that if you don't get saved, you damned? Do you not know if you're not born again right now, you damned? It's only by God's grace and mercy that you live it. And Satan knows you damned. That's why he's trying to kill you. That that means that mean you that that, that means that you already been uh, been been signed up for hell. If you die right now, hell gonna be your home. Right now, you damned that if you die in your sin, that ju- eternal judgment is already on you. He said you damned. He said, he that lives it, Mark 16 and 16, write it down so you can read it again, all you that, that are not saved. He that believeth is baptized shall be saved. If you believe on Jesus Christ and be baptized, you're going to be saved. Okay, what nobody tells you, you're going to be saved. But if you don't believe, you are damned. You shall be damned. You shall be brought into eternal damnation, eternal judgment, where you're going to be cast out of God's presence, where you're going to be lost forever. Matthew, can I, I'm going to do this verse right here. It's Matthew 7, 13, and 14. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way, that leadeth to destruction. And many shall, shall there be with those are in at. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Now, the way to hell is broad. The Bible says, the hell is enlarging itself. Do you not know that God made hell a certain amount of size, but because people don't want to live right, God had to make hell bigger? The Bible said hell has enlarged itself. God didn't make enlarge it because he wanted more people there. He had to enlarge it because more people coming. Y'all understand me? God did not enlarge hell because he knew a lot of people was coming. God made it a certain size. But because more people are sitting, because people want to go to hell and don't want to go to heaven because they don't want to get right, hell enlarged itself. God didn't enlarge it. Hell enlarged itself to take the people in because the people did not want to live right. Wow. God is the way that leads to destruction. The way to hell, a lot of people on that road. And that's why people running behind a big crowd. You better quit running behind that crowd. Do you not know in the day of old, only only eight people got saved? They didn't in the city of Solomon, only three got saved. God ain't looking for no big number, because he can get a number if he wants to. So I come out and say this afternoon, and I'm going to turn it back over. Are you saved? Oh, I could just go on. This is real good. This is juice. I love this. Hebrew 9 and 28. Can I do one more? Hebrew 9 and 28. So Christ was once offered the burden of sin to many. And to them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. See, when you've been born again, you can look for Jesus to come back one day. He appeared unto every man. But only to them that been born again is going to see him when he comes. Huh? Only, only, the, only the pure heart is going to see him when he comes. When the cry is made, the 
when this rapture takes place, only the dead in Christ is going to get up. The rest of you that ain't been born, ain't been born again, you're going to lay right there. You ain't going to move. You're going to lay right there in the grave to the second resurrection. But the Bible says the second resurrection have no life. So ask yourself a question. Are you saved or are you just trying to fool somebody? Uh, are you just carrying that name in Jesus' name? Amen. God Almighty, amen and amen. <laughs> Is there any closing remarks you'd like to say or final prayers? I just ask everyone to please take an inventory of themselves and don't sit up in church. Don't go through this life of making life and thinking that you're saved when you have not been. Ask the Lord if you ain't sure you're saved. And if you ain't saved, I encourage you to get saved. Don't die, don't die, don't die and go to a hell you ain't been invited to. God have, invi- God have not invited nobody to hell. When God made hell, your name was not even on it. God was not even thinking about you when he made hell. Hell was made for the devil's and angels. So don't go somewhere where you ain't invited. I ain't never like go where I ain't been invited. So don't go somewhere where you have not been invited. Precious Father, I ask that you will let this word not go out and come at void. Let it not fall on deaf ears, Lord. Somebody lost now and know they lost. Somebody's going to get up right after this message and go on back their little old way. They're going to do like the sow go back to the mirror. They're going to look like the dog and go back and eat up what they threw up. But God, I pray that you'll preach their heart. That you order you will stand them up and quicken them like you did a part of your son. And they'll come to themselves, Lord, and come running as what must I be to save. Let none that hear my voice this saving. Die and go to hell, God. For I snatch their soul out of the hand of the enemy, O Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you would quicken them. Send somebody to witness of them. Send somebody to mom and the daddy, sister, brother, pastor, prophet. Don't care who you see. Send somebody to witness of them, Lord, and pray a that they'll come running. As in what must I do to be saved? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Apostle Lockerbie, what is your phone number? 910-658-5206. 910-658-5206. And the name of your church and address? The Bernie Bush Non-Denominational Deliverance Church in Irwin, North Carolina. Uh, P.O. Box 193, Irwin, North Carolina. Irwin, North Carolina. God bless you again. You have been listening to the Man of Wisdom the man of God, the man that can rightly divide the word of God. And we can go behind the veil and hear the truth as the word is expound. God bless you, Apostle Lockamy. We ask everyone to tell family, tell friends to tune in on Thursdays from 7 o'clock p.m. to 8 o'clock p.m. Again, that's 7 o'clock p.m. to 8 o'clock p.m. Apostle Alexander Lockamy. And the burning bush. God bless you, sir. God bless. Amen. I can hardly see the road. I ask the question, Lord.
Talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.